thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, lovely ladies wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we are the Wellness Women. And together we kind of rock this little space of uh, podcasting for Wellness Women Radio. We really love chatting to you guys and girls and everyone else who's uh, listening. We've had so much feedback and we constantly get it. So we're really glad that uh, our little podcasting world is touching on a few lives and making your day a little bit happier, a little bit better in some way. So we really appreciate all the nice words that you share with us. So thank you for the the thanks, so to speak. Um, Today, we're going to start with our listener question, because as we started our our little segment of In the Spotlight, we're having so much fun with it. We're getting so many great questions being asked. So actually, we almost could do a whole show (laughs) just on the questions, couldn't we, Andy? Because it's... um, Oh, definitely. And look, there's no holds barred when it comes to these as well. Some of the things yeah. that are coming through are incredible um, and some of them are pretty complicated and pretty detailed. But this one today has come from Nick and she wants to know about sugar cravings. And uh, she's Why asking, are you laughing? Oh, just because you know, this is – I'll go into more detail. Let me, let me read, read the question. It's like um, Nick says, sugar cravings, exclamation mark. Why, uh-huh. um, why after making such huge changes to your lifestyle, can you still be driven almost to insanity with them? Um, this oh, is amen, sister. <laughs> this is such a good question. Me too. Um, mm. It is so, so funny. And every woman that I know at some point has gone through ebbs and flows of just struggling with, you know, chocolate cravings or sugar cravings or whatever it might be. Um, you know, I am definitely a bit of an all or nothing person. So like things are very black and white for me. I'm either on the sugar bandwagon or I'm off it. And even when I'm on, like, you know, it might mean that I'm having some organic chocolate or something like that. So it's really not that bad, but it's still like I'm either on or off. There's no, there's no middle ground there for me. And I think that a lot of women are like that as well. So um, Nick, you might be referring to the fact that maybe you've made incredible lifestyle changes in the sense that you've cleaned up your diet and your lifestyle and um, maybe you're exercising really well and all those sorts of things. Um, and you might go through patches where things are great, but then all of a sudden, um, you know, you just get back on the sugar bandwagon again. There can be so many different reasons why you're having these cravings. Um, It can be uh, an energy issue. So it can be the fact that maybe you are sleep deprived, which is going to interfere with your leptin receptors, which means that your brain is not going to get those signals that you're full, which means that you're going to be craving the things that will give you really quick energy, which is essentially all the sweet stuff. Um, So it can be that. It could be that you are insulin resistant as well. So meaning that the sensitivity to insulin or the sugar that you're having has diminished so that your body can't actually bring that sugar into the cell and use it as energy. So you're going to keep craving it because your body can't actually utilize it. Um, So that's certainly another reason. Another could be your gut flora as well. So we know that your um, microbiome or your microbiota um, will send out certain signals and ask for the things that it potentially needs. And there's certain types of um, bugs or, for example, um, candida albicans that loves sugar. 
Um, it feeds on sugar. It thrives on sugar, anything that breaks down into sugar. So that is definitely another source of um, why sugar cravings can be so potent. Um, Ash, what other reasons? Well, for me, you've nailed on those ones. Um, why are you doing it right now, drinking water? It's amazing how often uh, when we're dehydrated, we start to seek energy. So this is yeah. this, uh, you know perfect example of when we're dehydrated, the body doesn't know whether I'm hungry or thirsty. So it, it just sends out a message which says, um, give me something. And instead of drinking water, we tend to reach for food. And often that's a form of sugar as well, because it's an instant pick me up, a quick fix. Yeah, definitely. So um, a few tips and tricks. Make sure you get your gut tested. Uh, make sure that there's no sort of other reasons for that. It might be a good idea to have um, some fasting glucose blood levels checked just to make sure that you're not insulin resistant um, and make sure you're getting plenty of good quality sleep. So make sure you join the 10 p.m. club in bed by 9.30 to be asleep by 10 and you're getting at least eight hours of good solid restful sleep. Then that in itself should help to make sure that your insulin – oh, your, sorry, your leptin receptors are – are working well and not on fire. Uh, make sure your meals are well balanced with plenty of good fats and protein, uh, which is going to make sure that you're really satiated. So hopefully the sugar cravings will be less. Um, and, you know, obviously movement every day will help too. Uh, apart from that, you may need to sort of uh, go down the route of actually working with a functional practitioner to see if there are other reasons why you're getting these absolutely potent sugar cravings. Um, and Nick, I would definitely suggest um, a try giving yourself a period of time where you're staying off anything that's breaking down into sugar as well. Um, so really getting off uh, any um, like, you know, chocolate sweets, lollies, any of those sort of things, make sure you're not having any sweet drinks. Um, and also it's for some women, they need to dial back on fruit for a little while as well, just to change those taste buds, change those receptors in the brain. And, and then sometimes, like, start, yeah, sorry, sometimes starchy carbs as well. Is, definitely. Uh, you know, yeah. that, yeah. that we don't realize we're feeding the addiction by having starchy carbs and we switch from one thing to another. And suddenly it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. We're going to have like every dinner sweet potato and, you know, potatoes and things like that. So, um, and the we, breads, the cereals, the pastas, all of those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know it. We know it well, Nick. So uh, you're not alone in that boat. Both of us also have and do struggle with that, uh, that all or nothing issue of feeling like you can totally do this sugar-free lifestyle. And then all of a sudden it's just, you know, one thing tips the balance, either, you know, increase stress um, or sort of decrease sleep. And it's like, oh my God, give me something sweet, quick, hurry. <laughs> so uh, yeah. having alternatives as well, no sugars in coffees, all that sort of stuff, just knowing uh, that there's other alternatives to sugar. But at the same time, we've always had that issue of um, supplementing sugar flavors, so to speak, like, you know, like your stevias and your NutraSweets and things, which obviously neurotoxic, so stay away from some of those nasty ones. Um, yeah. But they're still tricking the brain into thinking we need sugar and sweet in order to survive. So um, substituting as well can be a real challenge. Um, so hopefully that answers one, most of it, yeah. Yeah, I just want to give you a resource. One thing that you may want to look into, um, there's a woman named, uh, I think it's Susan Thomas. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'll just have to check her surname and I'll post it online. But she has a, a course called Brightline Eating. Um, and essentially the premise of that is that, they have very clear boundaries around um, food and the really addictive, destructive foods, but 
it's really two things, and that is sugar and white flour. Um, she's got amazing uh, resources. Susan Pierce Thomas is her name. Um, so feel free to check that out because that might just give you a bit more information and some tips as to things that you can do as well. And there's, you know, support forums and all sorts of different things. Um, Nick, if that's not enough info, please message us back and we'll um, we'll expand on that for you. Awesome. Thank you for that question. Gorgeous listeners, you really give us some great tips and uh, ways in which we can open our information to you all. So thank you for that. Let's roll into today. We were going to talk about something that is so permeous into all of our lives. It just kind of filters in. We don't even realize it's, you know, crawling under our skin when we we don't even take notice that uh, we're getting caught into little habits and day-to-day things that are getting us sucked into the big matrix of uh, this this world. And that is the online world and social media. And we're calling it, as the Wellness Movement, we reckon that, you know, 2018 should really all be about what I'm going to loosely call savvy social media. And I think that means that basically we start to get really smart about um, the benefits of social media and, you know, really ring out more of the benefits and also then find ways to cut back on the uh, the, the negatives or the, the cons of social media because I know that so many of us are struggling with uh, some form of social media addiction and we, we sort of say addiction loosely mm-hmm. but in reality like ha-ha people go, you can't be addicted. I'm like, well, it's no different to this sugar issue we've just talked about. Um, the fact that we are compulsive in the way in which we open our phones and look at our apps and scroll through through things mindlessly when we don't even notice we've done it like we first opened our phone and and we're checking our phone every 15 minutes a day and I mean it's just and I mean for Andrew and I we're so conscious of it because as much as we love communicating with you guys and we love the fact that we've got a platform that we can chat to the world from um, at the same time both Andrew and I are so like ugh, we if we didn't have to use social media as much or the way we do I don't think I'd use it <laughs> It's just, it drives yeah. me crazy to some degree. And uh, I definitely know I can talk about being guilty of being sucked into the matrix of, um, you know, online world. And we'll talk about our experiences and hopefully give you some strategies today about, you know, where the benefits are and how you can enhance some of the benefits of using the social networking and, you know, online world. And also then some of those cons of social networking and some of the ways in which you can overcome the um, the catches that are dragging, I think, the happiness and without you realizing sometimes draining out the, the, the real connections and the real positives that come from, you know, the world we live in. And that's where social media can really muddy the water, so to speak. It's, it's, it's such a fascinating thing. And sometimes like I try and be objective and step out of that bubble and think, do you remember what life was like, like uh, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago when there was no such thing as social media? Um, it was definitely, definitely a simpler time. Um, and ladies, just to give you a bit of, uh, context or frame of reference as to why we wanted to do this episode. Originally we wanted to call it how social media is ruining your sex life. <laughs> um, we can still and, call it that. Let's just call it that anyway, because yeah, it's kind of catchy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, a few weeks ago, uh, we were, I was out camping with Dean and Tiaki and, you know, we're in this beautiful spot out in nature on this amazing lake and, I still had full phone reception and everything and Dean sitting there totally enjoying, you know, the beautiful environment being completely present and I'm on my phone and this is probably his biggest um, complaint that he has about me. (laughs) 
<laughs> or one of the, the things that we, um, you know, kind of get riff over the most is is my phone use. And I totally get it as well. Um, sometimes it's unavoidable, particularly, you know, if we're on the road and I've got patient emails or calls and those sorts of things. Those sorts of things are unavoidable, but the social media stuff is definitely avoidable. Um and he, Dean, is amazing at being so present wherever he is. Um, you know, it's just such a beautiful quality that he has. And he can quite happily just sit there and just enjoy nature um, and be completely absorbed in the moment, which is incredible. And he doesn't even have social media apps on his phone. Like if he wants to go onto Facebook, he has to physically open an internet browser and log into it which it just would make life so much harder. <laughs> but I know that there's a reason for that. I think he goes on it maybe twice a week or something. So I'm quite you know, envious of that. Anyway, we're in this beautiful environment and I am on my phone just mindlessly scrolling and not even realizing I'm doing it. So it's completely unconscious. And he calls me out for it, which was absolutely valid. Um, and so I put my phone away for the rest of the weekend and I just remember we were sitting there having a great time. I didn't have my phone anywhere near me. And I was like, oh my gosh, we've got so much more time on our hands. <laughs> and also realizing how much it interfered with our intimacy as well, because there's no way you can be completely present with your partner when you've got your phone right next to you or you're scrolling while you're talking to them. Um, it's just terrible. So that's something that I am going to try and be really, really conscious of. I think it needs to be one of my news um, resolutions, I hate to say, for next year. It's just having times when I'm, you know, obviously being much more more present and conscious with my interactions with, you know, my loved ones um, and how that sort of uh, I don't know, it relates to social media. So I might have to put some times that I'm allowed on and the times that are no-go zones as well. Um, but the reason why is that, you know, we're out in nature and I'm like not on my phone. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I've got all this time. What else are we going to do? <laughs> so sex is the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, naturally, but <laughs> um, I love it. It, it was just, uh, it was just a really interesting kind of realisation that, it just takes up so much time and so much headspace and presence. And it's not necessarily a positive thing either because I think sometimes I'm physically just scrolling through, you know, maybe Facebook until I come to something shocking and then I go, oh, I've got to put this away. Mm, mm. So it's not until you kind of get that shock value or that or that something sort of pops up that you go, oh, no, I can't do this and I, you put that away. So yeah, it's it's pretty unhealthy. And I know that um, most women are in the same boat as well. So there are some studies um, that have suggested about three quarters of women in committed relationships feel like smartphones interfere with their love lives and reduce the time that they spend with their partners. And we know that's absolutely true. Um, and I'm absolutely guilty for that as well. Yeah, but there's, look, there's, hands, hands up there too. I mean, it's just, it's like we said, it permeates into so many aspects of our life. It can be really, really hard to not uh, be involved in it. So, ladies, you are definitely not alone. 75% of us are in the same boat. So, this is why this topic, although a little bit uh, not necessarily, well, it's a little bit off off our wellness women topic, but it's a, I think it's a form of headspace health. You know, it's all to do about uh, healthy love relationships, well-being, mental well-being, and social media has the ability to make or break our mental well-being. So have yeah. you ever mm-hmm. noticed and, you know, those times where you're scrolling through and it's amazing the emotions that kind of come up just by looking at someone else's feed. It could be envy at someone, you know, traveling some amazing part of the world, doing these beautiful selfies in idyllic locations and, you, you know, you feel envy 
envy or it could be jealousy because someone's got a bigger house and a bigger this and just bought it that and, you, you know, you might feel a bit jealous about that or anxiety that, oh, look at what so-and-so is doing. Oh, I feel like I've done nothing in my life. I'm not there yet. You know, that's sort of like an anxiety that you, you're not doing enough. You're not being enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're not this enough. Like mm-hmm. you, you're not enough in some way. Um, that certainly enhances anxiety issues and also depression as well. I mean, they've proven social media use exacerbates or, or worsens situations of anxiety and depression because it highlights all the things that we uh, – it's that filter we have when we're looking for things that validate our position. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a filter and we look there and go, see, I told you I'm, I'm really shit. You know, look at that person. They do this and they do that and I'm, I'm not worthy enough. Like we tend to validate our headspace and we look for that on social media. So – there's yeah, there's some interesting there's, mental health you know issues that come around uh, overuse of social media too. There's definitely that dark side to it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think that some people are really incredibly savvy at using it, and um, you know it's it's big business as well. So, you know there are um, exclusive Instagram models, um, and you know people who make all their money from Instagram and social media, which is just fascinating. Um, and there's people who have got so good at using filters that um, they can completely change their entire physique or the way that they're looking just by using filters and angles with their phone. Um, there's uh, some models that are, you know, quote unquote Instagram models who have their professional account that have all the beautiful filters and everything else on that. But then they also have their real account that they post on um, simultaneously as well. So they'll take uh, the photo with all the filters and then they'll take it just as a regular person would take. And the before and after all the difference between the two is incredible. And I love that they're, I guess, shining a light on the fact that it's not real life, that we're seeing everything through this lens of filters and angles and, you know, touch-ups and all of those sorts of things. So just like it was a problem in print media, now it is that same problem of perception in in our online media as well. Um, and it's dangerous. It's so, so dangerous, um, particularly, I think, for really susceptible teenage girls, seeing that this is the idealistic thing that they have to be able to live up to. Oh, and it's that not just not- teenage girls, babe. I, I know that I've had the post-baby body factor going on as well. Like you look oh, at these really? women. Ash, you yeah. look amazing. But, hey, can't be helped, yeah? You, you look I at don't think you and- look any different <laughs> pre- Thank or you. post-pregnancy. But you know what? Whenever you're having that moment of insecurity about where you are, what, what you're feeling, all of a sudden you see someone and they're like, you know, 12 weeks post-baby and they're looking amazing and they've got their six-pack back and you're just like, oh, why isn't that happening as fast for me? Um, <laughs> and you know, so this is to every woman, every woman, every age, you know, even my mom's generation, my mom was there going, oh, you know, so-and-so has so many friends and all this. I'm like, mom, you don't give a crap about social media. Don't worry about how many friends, you know, she yeah. has. <laughs> how but how, how much is that? That even uh, my mom's generation is still, some of them are working out how well to use savvy social media. Um, so to the rest of the world, they appear to have everything and they look amazing and they you know these 60 plus women that are looking incredible and they've got these idyllic marriages and these perfect children and meanwhile most 60 year old women have, have had some point in their life they've had a rough go of something and they you know we all have insecurities about yeah. pathways that our lives have taken so yeah like that dead set i don't think it's just chains anymore that is struck with this issue of um 
body dysmorphia or issues of, of perception of, you know, who they are and where they are and what other people look like because, oh, man, <laughs> if I'm susceptible to it and I'm pretty – I think I'm pretty sharp to, you know, not being sucked into uh, comparisons where I mostly – avoid but um yeah when you have a weak moment in some ways or you're feeling a bit you know flat or a bit tired or it's incredible how it can fill a void or or widen the void make you feel worse about everything yeah okay definitely um i want to just give you some quick stats about how our um our intimacy or our sex life has declined over the last uh sort of decade or so so let me put this into perspective um facebook was launched in 2004 Mm-hmm. Before that, we had MySpace, if, anyone, if everyone remembers MySpace. Um, so social media was still around um, before Facebook, um, but there, it wasn't as prolific as what it is now. And um, according to the New York Times, there's been a very big rapid decline in sexual activity since 2002, especially among married couples. Um, so early in the 1990s and the 2000s, um, we were having a lot more sex. We were being a lot more intimate. Um, but since 2002 and to now, these numbers are drastically reducing. Um, so couples might only be having a fraction of the intimacy that they were having previously. So it's it's about 20% less on average. Um, and this is also in the day and age when a lot of people are choosing to remain single and they're also having less sex too. So that, that's a bit sad. And the first iPhone was also launched in 2007. So I don't think it is a coincidence. So it's only 10 years and we've suddenly drastically reduced our intimacy. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh, look, we have we have slammed on a bit of the, all the negatives. There are so many positives. The positives being that, you know, we're connecting with people all over the world. We're staying in touch with family and friends that might be in different corners of the earth, which is incredible and amazing and such an, a wonderful benefit and how easy it is to communicate. I mean, there's so many great things about it. I know I love that part of it. I love that friendships that would otherwise probably struggle to maintain, um, I can maintain from another part of the world and I'm feeling so connected to my friends that live in other parts of the world because I can still see what they're doing and I feel like we, when we chat, we're not spending half an hour just going over the last, you know, month of stuff. We mm-hmm. go, oh, my God, you just went to such and such. It was incredible. Tell me about it. Like you kind of feel like you're just right there in the moment and you're with them all the time, which is I love that feeling. It makes me feel really connected. But, um, you know, the fact that we can get instant everything, news, information, whatever we want, it's all there for us, which is so fantastic. Um, and I just think it's enjoyable. There's so much to it that's fun and interesting and, you know, the diversity of people and the diversity of stuff that's out there. We're naturally social, aren't we? So we want to see what other people are doing and how the world works and all this sort of stuff. So um, from that perspective, it is such a wonderful tool and a wonderful platform. Um, but I think where it starts to come into, I guess, concern and why we're talking about it is that we really are getting issues of things like um, the social pressure, the, the peer pressure, and in some degrees as well, bullying. I know I've definitely been on the receiving end of some really nasty comments over my position on certain topics. And it's like, whoa, hey, don't pick on me, you faceless little cretin. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, everybody's a keyboard warrior, right? Yeah, it was just like, whoa. And if I hadn't sort of, you know, taken on the chin and just laughed, it off I, I could have it could have hurt deep and it could have left me with you know insecurities about it because I'm just like oh but you know it comes and allows us a platform for every sort of opinion and impression to be made um and of course I think the key one we're talking about today is just this simple exchange of 
our online interaction is substituting for our offline interaction. And this is just not involving sexual partners alone. This can be friends and family. We think we've talked to someone, but really we've just clicked a few likes on their Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Yeah, like we think we've connected with them. But, you know, whether or not they saw that you liked their stuff, you know, who knows? But um, And how many likes? We're judging our self-worth and value based on how many people respond or like to our stuff. I mean, Oh, yeah, that's so addictive. People get that Mm. dopamine dump from, you know, the attention that they're getting for whatever they're posting online. So no wonder um, it just perpetuates that. Yeah, other scientists out there arguing that the um, social media world is actually promoting antisocial human behaviour. Um, and I can see that where they surprise me. Yeah, yeah, I can see where they're coming from. They, you know, they they're studying people and looking and going. But hang on, um, this this persona, this online persona, is actually very antisocial in the in the real world, um, which is fascinating. So, ladies, if that's you, if you find that you're struggling with this disconnect of some sort, whether it be disconnect with how happy you feel or disconnect in the real interactions you're having, then that should be warning enough that social media is disrupting your your reality so to speak so mm-hmm. um these sort of warning signs and, and it sounds silly to say you have a social media addiction but it's a real deal there is actually you know scientific validation that just like we can be addicted to sugar or nicotine or coffee or any other stuff we're equally as addicted to just what you've said the dopamine dump that we get from interacting on a social platform mm-hmm. so um it's important to know when it's starting to negatively impact your life and some of the things that we can do because it it's causing distraction and procrastination is like my number one oh thing. Oh, my gosh. The biggest thing ever. Okay, when I'm so- supposed to be researching something like this, I'm suddenly like procrastinating, scrolling through crap. I'm like, yeah. hang on, why did I just click this? Why am I looking in that? You know, Mariah Carey's just done X, Y, Z. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like as in do I really care? No. And how did it just get from this to this to this, like in the three clicks that I just took? what the heck <laughs> i know th- yeah there's definitely no segue there that is hilarious yeah um okay so we know that there's definitely there's definitely some good sides to it in terms of connection um you know hopefully communication i i love it as a really creative platform i really mm. love instagram and pinterest for that and those sorts of things um however there's definitely that downside too so let's talk about some strategies or solutions let's if you are a bit of a social media addict and you want to change it if you don't that's totally cool absolutely up to you. Um, These are some things that are tried and tested that can be quite effective. For me, I have unfollowed anyone who does not inspire me or does not essentially, I I guess this, I don't know how this sounds, but doesn't, doesn't serve me to be reading, you know, all of their, their life woes, or if there's, you know, say friends of mine that I have that tend to vent all of their problems, um, on, on Facebook, or they're trying to vie for attention on Facebook, then it's really simple. I just unfollow them. Um, not in a mean way, but it's just, it's not good for anybody to, to do that sort of thing. If if it's a cry for help, you need to do that properly. Mm. Um, and, Anything that uh, is really negative, like I know that there's a few people who I'm friends with that that go hunting and I do not ever want to see that. It just is absolutely horrific. So I just unfollow Unfollow. any of of those sorts of things Mm -hmm. so that my newsfeed now is full of stuff that inspires me. It's pics of Oliver and it's 
puppies pretty much <laughs> babies and puppies and, how could yeah, that not make you puppies, have a great day <laughs> um things that inspire me and you know obviously a, a plethora of health information and that's what well that's what our feed is um and it's funny, uplifting Ash, enhancing your life you know that's that's really yeah. what this was meant to be in the beginning wasn't it really about how we can enhance life not uh, take away from if you um if you see our instagram um follow the people that we follow on Instagram for our Wellspoon page. So Ash and I share that. And if you go to it, you can definitely see the people that Ash follows. So, you know, skiing and sporting and like baby clothes and all sorts of things. <laughs> and then mine's like dogs puppies dogs, and i noticed suddenly I, I noticed when i was scrolling through as well wedding stuff i was looking at flowers oh, yeah. and, and bridal things i'm like hey and then i remembered that that was because we were both on it together i'm like oh yeah that's right i didn't like that but andrea <laughs> so, <laughs> so i could have had a clue <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. And also how much we suck at social media too, just quietly, because um, if it, and here I am judging our, our, you know, our state based on our numbers. But um, if I can look at our downloads, for example, the numbers of downloads, those stats don't lie. So we don't see you downloading. We don't know exactly who you are, but we can see the numbers that are being downloaded, which is just yeah. amazing and inspires us to keep doing what we do. However, if we went onto social media and looked at our Instagram account and, you know, for, for argument's sake, go on there and have a look. Um, I think we've got maybe 1500 people which is not a big deal in terms of the number of downloads we're getting there are far more downloads the number of people on our social media which is quite amusing to us and just reminds us yeah. how bad we are at um self-promotion and promoting uh in through the social media spaces like i know it's so funny and i think we've got like fourteen thousand um followers or likes on facebook yeah. but again like i don't understand and i think just because i don't particularly understand facebook i mean social media and particularly instagram so i don't know like how to kind of balance that <laughs> from like the 1500 on instagram to the but you know we'll get there and we understand that this is a really valuable tool of reaching our audience so you know we'll, we'll definitely try harder and that will be one of our goals for 2018 is um, making sure that we're giving you even more quality stuff on yeah. social media more savvy um, we'll be more savvy at it you know we'll, we'll yes. make sure we give you quality content but um keep it real like keep it our persona and our, our stuff which is the biggest challenge we've had when we look we kind of look at other accounts and go oh my gosh they're amazing look how many followers they have and I wonder how they got there and then you start to look at it and you realize you could mimic it and get the same sort of inputs but that's not real like that's not who we are and chances are those you know yeah. hot accounts have done exactly that as well they've gone on and mimicked other really hot accounts and this is why they, the hot accounts all pretty much look the same and I'm just like oh interesting there's a trend to that like if you look enough times you realize there's actually patterns and trends to how people post things and, and I also that- have to stop and take stock of the fact that you and I also have like I know I have over 30 contact hours with patients a week and that's just with with patients mm. you know th- this is face-to-face plus everything else that goes behind the scenes at that and and what we're doing here and it it's just not our highest priority no to and be look- building an instagram <laughs> following um no. it is to be obviously connecting with our incredible audience and, and that's what we're doing through the podcast and you know trying to communicate you with um with all those other avenues but not necessarily building a following oh um, look if there's any instagram. social media savvy ladies out there who feel like you know they want to give us some some loving support and say hey girls <laughs> you can do better and this is how you do it please we're putting a shout out i'm more than happy to have some uh, some help and direction that's something that uh, we we can value and definitely would benefit from that's for sure so you know ladies if you feel like giving back a little and you you feel like uh, donating anything to us then i would suggest <laughs> some tips on social media might be the best way we, to we it. will totally <laughs> we will totally take your tips um, i know um my good friend clay who has a social media business just like it just cringes at 
Us. You know. <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Um, okay, so how do we anyone yeah, who, who doesn't inspire you, maybe who doesn't leave you with good feelings if you're following, if you know you're seeing any of their stuff, um, and just make sure that it is a space for you that is positive. Um, so that's number one. Um, I think my second tip would be set yourself time limits and yep, no rules. goes. Yeah, mm. and no go zones as well. Like for me, um, particularly when I'm on track, I really try not to open any social media uh, in the first hour or so of the day. Um, so I try and put like a stopgap on that, and also before bed. Sometimes when I'm getting a little bit lazier, I'll you know be opening Facebook, or whatever, whatever, before I go to bed, which is ter- a terrible idea. So it just it's having that conscious consumption and that conscious consumption time as well. And look, there's a lot of people who we know have to work on social media and that same rule can apply. If you block out specific hours and times of the day to do what you need to do and you're not just generally scrolling mindlessly or doing it every, you know, 20 minutes and you say, look, 45 minute block here, 45 minute block there, 45 minute block there. And that's your specific efficient work time. Then you're going to get a lot more from it. So we know that there's a lot of ladies listening who probably their work roles require them to do stuff on social media regularly. Um, But I think the key there is don't go down that rabbit hole of, of suddenly ending up into all like I did somewhere landing on Mariah Carey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so try and stay efficient by by locking your time down and, and being direct and clear about what you're using and which platform you're using and how long you're on there. Um, and that's part of that reinforcing the ground rules. And of course, logging out of apps. I mean, if you mm. have something that's really struggling, just like Dean does, take the app off your phone and have just the old school login through Safari kind of thing that's going Mm. to slow your access down. So if you're not really, really, really keen to get on, you're not going to try and go, oh, okay, login, login, password in. Like, you know, the fact that it's an app makes it so easy that sometimes you open the phone, it's already open. (laughs) You haven't even gone to it. It's it's already there because it's the last thing you looked at. Um, So that would be my recommendation. Take those apps off your phone because they're engineered to be addictive that's the whole point of an app <laughs> like it's meant to be at your fingertips ready all the time so um, yeah. just remember why it's there and why they make them uh, and that's the whole point so try not to carry it around as a constant temptation um, can I just uh, say one more positive thing that's happened this year, in particular oh. with social media, is that Me Too hashtag. Um, oh, hello. yes, absolutely. Uh, that has created such an incredible shift which is amazing. And I know the Times Magazine has just, um, you know, labelled that as one of the, you know, most influential shifts for women as well, not just the hashtag itself but what it represents and the movement with that. So I I think that's social media at its best. Yeah. I think that is creating awareness and change. I think that's absolutely it at its best. Um, So that's that's super positive. Um, Okay, so set yourself time limits. And then get out and get social is my next one. If you're having yes. social, if you need social interaction and you feel like social platform is the way to do it, then actually why don't you get out there with real social and join a group or try something new or get in a, you know, a hobby or, or start a, I don't know, sports team, get into something where you're connecting with real people because that's when you start to go, oh, you need less of that online reinforcement to make you feel good about your life and your day. So you actually get out there and chat to real people, which is sometimes sounds a bit scary because I know that we often, you know, retreat to social media because it's uh, somewhat anonymous in some ways. But at the same time, it's when you extend yourself and stretch yourself and get out of your comfort zone that real life happens and it gets exciting and it gets meaty and juicy and fun and interesting. And uh, you have the highs that come from being interactive with people, which I'm a big fan of. And 
I personally think every now and then it's really a good idea to have a social media vacation, <laughs> remove yourself, mm-hmm. take a week mm-hmm. off, take two weeks off, whatever it is, just like you do with work and, and, and life. You go, oh my God, can't wait till vacation. I'm going to take three weeks off. Why don't you do it social media as well? Take three weeks off, take two weeks off, take one week off and just start to see how it's been impacting your life by how much more time you have or other things you get into. Or I think cold turkey is the best way. So if you're struggling to reduce your frequency of use, dead set, turn it off. You can put a little note on Facebook. Hey, friends and family, I'm logging off for two weeks. I will see you soon. If you really need to contact me, you know how to. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not through Facebook. <laughs> I'll yep, be on my exactly. home line. I'll be on my mobile and um, I'll be in life. I'll be at home So, <laughs> or I'll be out. Just, you know, contact me another way. And that's a great, great way of getting people to realize, wow, you can actually get off social media. It reminds other people that they might want to do the same thing. Um, and if your social media is affecting your intimacy with your partner, um, the first thing I'd recommend is definitely have a conversation about it. <laughs> or if your partner is like Dean, he'll just call you out on it, which is cool. Um, and maybe again, set some boundaries around this. So if you know that it's affecting things, maybe certain times of the week or the day you're going, okay, this is a social media blackout time and I'm completely present and you have my undivided attention during these times. Um, and I think, I think that's easy. I think that's definitely a, a no brainer. And Dean's hearing me say this now as well. So, uh, I'm going to be even more accountable now. Oh, <laughs> so I'll love let you it. know how this goes. Um, so ladies, uh, we're going to wrap up now, um, with this episode, but what we want to know is, is social media a problem for you? And we want you to tell us that on our social media. So we know that this is a complete paradox, <laughs> um, but please make sure you're communicating with us on facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. We will always try and keep that as not junk food for you, but as good soul food um, with lots of really quality content. We'll try and communicate with you as much as we can. Um, We'll try and respond to your questions as best we can and as quickly as we can too. Um, Or you may be getting uh, responses from our awesome PA Beck who usually fields them through us too. So um, you're not just getting replies from her, but it's usually from us as well. Um, And our Instagram is underscore the wellness women. If any of you are amazing at Instagram, please give us tips. We would love that. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating because it absolutely helps. You know, every single one of our episodes or like our podcast consistently for the last, you know, 90-something episodes has always been sitting in that top 20 of iTunes on the health and wellness space, which is incredible. And that's out of every single podcast in the entire world. So, you know, we are so, so grateful for that. So, ladies, thank you so much. Um And we love your five-star ratings too. That gives me that dopamine dump as well. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, until next week, be well. Oh, hey, hey. And how about hashtag close out less social media junk food, hashtag more soulful sex. (laughs) Oh, I love it. We might have to that hashtag. We'll work on that. Yep. (laughs) All right, ladies, have a great week. Be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.